Hello, you're listening to No Such Word as Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice, as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. Today, I get to sit down with, dare I say it, my favorite Disney content creator of all time. It's only Michael Does Disney himself. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. How are you? So much. I'm happy to be here. I'm doing very well. (laughs) So for some of my listeners who maybe aren't familiar with you or your social channels, give them a little introduction. Sure. So my name is Michael. I am over on Instagram. I run the account. It is now Michael Does Diz, D-I-Z, but (laughs) I will always be Michael Does Disney. Um, I will, uh, I'll always go by that. (laughs) Um, I've been running the account for almost five years now. Um, And it's just a a fun place for me. It's a fun place to kind of get to share a lot of my life and my experiences out with you guys. Yeah, definitely. So where did your love of Disney start? My love of Disney started when I was very, very, very young. I am born and raised in Florida. So because of that, I feel like Disney World is just where you go as a vacation Mm -hmm. spot if you Mm -hmm. live in Florida. So grew up going to Disney. My family loves Disney. My mom and dad started taking me and my sister to Disney when we were practically born. Um, (laughs) So I just really kind of grew up with that Disney mentality and that Disney, I don't know, love in my heart. I think it's wonderful. And I'm, you know, I count myself incredibly lucky, you know, even growing up in Scotland, my mom also loved Disney. I was obsessed with everything Disney when I was a kid. You know, we took big trips over to Orlando to Walt Disney World. Um, And it really does just have like a kind of magic that not a lot of places do have. It's kind of like you can you can just step through those gates and you just forget your worries for a little bit. So true. Yeah, not just for kids. (laughs) No, it's not. And there's no better feeling than when you kind of walk through those gates and you hear the Disney music playing and you just kind of get to take a deep breath and like disconnect from real life. Yeah. Do you think that arguably Disney is potentially more important for adults than it is for kids or equally? I would say equally. Um, I think that Disney for adults is a really cool and special place. And I think that with everything going on in the world right now, Mm. it's really nice to be able to kind of at times, step through those gates and take a second to disconnect um, and, and really kind of have some time to just have some fun and, and disconnect from real life a little bit. Real life is stressful. So I like being able to go into Disney and have some unstressful time. Definitely. equally is important for kids because mm. I think that kids get to kind of, I don't know, run around and, and be a kid when they're at Disney. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I appreciate you and other Disney creators like you who share their Disney days. And even, you know, when it's pouring with rain over here, I can sit and look at my phone and go, oh, 
look at what's happening over there at Disney World. Um, what was the inspiration for you to start your social media account? So it happened by accident. I did not sit down one day thinking like, oh my God, I want to be a Disney influencer. That's not what happened. Um, I, I had, Matthew and I have been together since 2012 and I kind of, he always liked Disney, but not to the extent that I love Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would start to kind of go more often with each other. And I proposed to him at Disney World in 2015, no, 2014. Um, and then really kind of after that, that kind of solidified our joint love for Disney. How did so you we propose go- to him? I proposed to him in front of the castle in the middle Aww. of the day. I was shaking like a leaf. Ah. I was so nervous. I had like three different plans of how I might propose to him. And the first one was going to be sitting at the Plaza restaurant um, yeah. on lunch. And I was like, this is going to be great. I made a lunch reservation. I was going to do it outside with like the castle in the background. Mm. And we got there and there were huge green walls up. Oh like, no, so you couldn't see it. And they put us indoors at the table, like next to the swinging door by the kitchen. Oh no. And I was like, this is not where I'm proposing. Mm-hmm. Not a magical moment here. Um, so then after that, Matthew was like, why are you acting so weird? <laughs> and we were like walking around. He was like, what do you want to go do? And I was like, uh, let's go this way. And <laughs> well, let's go get our picture taken. And then we like waited in some long line to get mm-hmm. a picture castle and then I just dropped to my knee and he had no idea what was going on and I would then he started crying and a very magical moment and yeah. then a bird on him in Frontierland and I mean it's really- supposed to be good luck right yep <laughs> um but yeah so I mean we started going to Disney more often and It was around 2017 that I then started just sharing pictures of us to Disney or at Disney on my personal social media account. Mm -hmm. It was just first name, last name, like, I don't know, it was for my friends, but I had a public account and I would use Disney hashtags and stuff like that. And I would tag Disney in them. And then over the course of like a year, kind of grew and grew and then all of a sudden I remember it very vividly like it was November of 2018 we had just gotten back from a trip to Disneyland Paris I went on a little solo trip to Disneyland for a few days just to see some friends and I got back and Matthew was like who are these 6,000 people that are following you and at the time I would tag like our apartment buildings location and I would tag everything because it was my personal social media my friends and that was the moment where I was like hmm I guess I'm doing something that is attracting other people to come here um clearly there's this group of people out there who also like Disney as much as Mm -hmm. I do um but let's be a little bit smarter and safer about things and not share you know where I live to the entire world rest and those kinds of things so I pivoted a bit. I changed my Instagram handle to Michael Does Disney. Mm-hmm. I archived all of my old posts of just kind of like <laughs> my personal stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And that was kind of the birth of Michael Does Disney. It started in November of 2018. So I guess I'm coming up on four years, not five years. Yeah. Um, and then it just grew pretty quickly from there. I, I don't know, but I remember it was February of the next year. I had around 18,000 followers at that point. And I just remember that because I was with my friend, Nate, running um, Princess Half Marathon. And they announced, I just, I remember this so vividly. It was like 4 a.m. And they were like, look behind you because you have your 17,000 best friends in this corral with you right now. And I remember looking over at him and being like, oh my God, that's so wild. Cause that's the same <laughs> of people that follow me. And like seeing that actual number, like yeah. person was a wild thing. So that was kind of the birth of MDD. It's kind of insane to think about it, isn't it? Because when you you think about followers or your audience that you have or people that, you know, are there with you on socials, you see the numbers and you think, oh, 17,000, 18,000, that's okay. But if you see that amount of people physically in reality, it does kind of hit you. Oh my God, this is the amount of people, you know, I'm sharing not necessarily your life with, because there's plenty of things that you keep behind the scenes, but a lot with. (laughs) The other number that like was really cool and then freaked me out at the same time was realizing that the (laughs) amphitheater that Fantasmic is held in holds 6,900 people. So thinking of that, like under 7,000 people Mm. and knowing that like I could fill the phantasmic theater with a lot more than that like it was just a wild number to me Mm -hmm. I know that that's a really weird comparison but it's not and honestly I actually I'm surprised that the phantasmic stadium doesn't hold more it feels like more when you're in there yeah it feels like 25,000 people in that stadium there and you're like that's only 7,000 what yeah but (laughs) you know it does kind of come with I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, well, a little bit of responsibility, you know, you're like, okay, there's a lot of people following me, but there's also a lot of expectation there. You know, did you ever feel like, oh God, now there's all these people who expect me to go to Disney all the time. You know, I'm not going to lie. Going to Disney is expensive. You know, it's, it's a lot of flights, it's hotels, it's everything. Did you ever feel like pressure of, oh God, I need to keep delivering this content to people? I did. I felt that way. It was probably kind of like the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, before the pandemic, I kind of had this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I need to be breaking the Disney news. I need to be the first one to do this and the first one to do that. And I need to be at the first night of every single event down at the parks. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people aren't going to want to keep following me because I didn't break it and whatever. And Mm -hmm. I think COVID then happened and it was like, well, here I am (laughs) and there is no news to break and there is no event to go to at the parks. And it kind of put a lot of things into perspective for me. And I was able to continue creating content to the best of my abilities from home. I mean, making silly videos about washing your hands and things like that. Um, And I kind of came out of that and realized I don't have to be the first one at every single event. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be at everything under the sun. Like 
I would love to be, but at the same time, I also work a full-time job. Yeah. It's not my job. Um, mm-hmm. It often feels like a job. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it has become a second full-time job for me, but um, I like to make sure that it remains fun because yeah. if I don't keep it as something that's fun, then it's kind of like, what's the point? I mean, you you spoke about, you know, having to pivot a little bit and and th- rethinking kind of what you're bringing to people during the pandemic. I mean, the parks were closed for a long time, first of all, you know, so no one was going to Disney. But, you know, you were I, had, I think I started following you. In late 2019, actually, because I remember a lot of your Disney stuff before the pandemic. But what I associate you with more is Michael does crafts. You know, your your masks and everything that you were out, you were tie-dyeing everything you could get your hands on during the pandemic. If it was white, I tie-dyed it. Like, if <laughs> right. it was a white item, I can guarantee that I tried tie-dyeing it down to, like, the only thing I didn't tie-dye, because Matthew was about to murder me when I even suggested it, was our duvet cover on our bed. Oh, gosh. I was like, fun and he was like no you're not tied in. <laughs> um uh-huh. draw the line there um yes I I did a lot of tie-dyeing and I mean ultimately what happened was in so I'm a recruiter um and at the time I was working at an ad agency as a recruiter I'd been there for a couple of years and about a month and a half into the shutdown and the pandemic and everything like that, um, I got the call that I was laid off because at that point in time, there was no need for recruiters yeah. to hire people because it, they were doing the opposite. They were, mm-hmm. we'll go. So I took about like a week, maybe two weeks to be like, okay, I'm just going to chill and relax and I'm not searching for a new job right now. And then I started tie-dyeing and then all of a sudden that kind of really picked up. And I mean, at the end, I sold 15,000 tie-dye items wow. and it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. Like it was the hardest that I've ever worked. It mm-hmm. sounds super fun. And at first it was incredibly fun to just be, I was like, I'm a hippie now. Like, <laughs> I'm out my long hair like <laughs> and how cool is this and then after orders and orders and orders started coming in and then once we got back to Chicago and mm. it was like oh, now I'm tie-dyeing in the winter time in my on your little balcony balcony like that made it a lot less fun mm-hmm. um and having an order sheet of like 400 orders that I had to fulfill and like that then became very overwhelming for me Mm. and I still did it and I still got through it and I enjoyed it um but I enjoyed it a little bit less and I then ultimately got rehired um and started working again full-time in January of 2021 and at that point it was just way too difficult to have Mm -hmm. a 40-hour week job tie-dyeing on top of that and running Michael does Disney on top of that like it was yeah. basically like having three full-time jobs and I just am one person and I just didn't have the time or bandwidth for that um going back so, to the the beginning of the the pandemic when you did get laid uh-huh. off how did you cope with that mentally because you know 
a lot of people look at social media and go, oh, it's just social media. You know, why do you care so much? But for so many people, it's first of all, it's sharing what we love. You know, we're passionate about it and the sense of community that it can give you. And also, yes, people, including myself, including yourself, make money from it. You know, it is a second job. So how did you how did you cope mentally kind of, you know, the Disney parks were closed. You were kind of going through what am I going to share with people? And also, oh, I actually don't have a job now. Um. I was a very thankful that I had a savings account mm. <laughs> at that time and knowing that kind of I had put some money away and that I was going to be okay and that Matthew was still working full time um, and thankful for the unemployment as well that I was getting. Um, but other yeah. than that, I mean, really, I just kind of tried to have as positive of an attitude as I could. I mean, I will say I was very, very fortunate. I was living down at my family's beach house in Florida on a little island. So while a lot of the rest of the world was kind of locked away, I was at least able to go enjoy the outdoors. And I took the time to really get into running. I remember it was May of that year. So like right after I was laid off that I was like, I'm going to run a hundred miles in the month of May. So I did that and I lost 25 pounds, which I have since gained, but that's okay. Um, and it was just, I don't know. I took the time to just kind of enjoy life and nature and the outdoors and family. I mean, there's no other time as an adult that I will ever probably get to live with my mom and dad and my sister and Matthew and my dog, like, again. And that yeah. was actually something that, like, we cooked every meal together. We sat every night for four months and had dinner together. Like, that was really cool and something that I do cherish. So, I don't know. It's, it was just looking at, looking at the little silver linings. It's a testament to your positive attitude because I think if there's one thing that really shines through on your socials it's that positivity you know no matter kind of what people are talking about or what's going on in the world and I wouldn't even say it's in a flippant way it's not like a, oh I'm ignoring everything and I'm just going to Disney it's a we're going to yeah. talk about this but you know we're still going to have that silver lining where do you get that from I think I get it from my mom she's just <laughs> same kind of person she's very very optimistic and she's a glass half full kind of person and mm. recently she's gotten into painting rocks and leaving happy rocks for people at their houses and things she like sounds that. wonderful yes um so I, I don't know I think I get that mainly from her but I, it's just I really do I try with my social I make sure that it's a place where we don't ignore the fact that there are a lot of really bad things happening at times in this world. And like, we have to focus on those. And I am not going to be someone who just blows over them and doesn't mm -hmm. talk about abortion or doesn't talk about Black Lives Matter or doesn't talk about some of these kind of heavy topics. I mean, there's some bad stuff going on in the mm -hmm. world. But at the same time, it's this balance of talking about it, speaking about it in an educated way, mm -hmm. saying I may not necessarily be the smartest person in the room on this. So like, 
let's all go do our research before we come to conclusions. And then also saying, you know what? I will not ever forget the day that Roe v. Wade was turned over and I was in Disney. It happened while I was standing at Disney Springs. I was with my friend Jamie. We got the notification and I had a whole day planned. And I was like, I have to address this. I have to talk about this, but then I also have to say, like, I'm also going to be at Disney today and I'm also going to share that stuff. And like, we need to find the balance of everything. So I didn't want to make it seem like I was ignoring anything. I Um, think there's also, we spoke about it at the beginning of this episode, but there's a huge amount of pressure on creators to have their finger on the button and, you know, be ready to report on everything, on every issue and give our opinion on literally every issue even if it's something we know nothing about that we're not educated about and and if you're two minutes late all of a sudden you're called out by some people by saying like you don't care about this because you haven't said a word and it's like I am Mm -hmm. sitting here trying to craft the most politically correct yeah response while also grieving and feeling it myself like I'm human like I'm I'm trying to balance everything yeah you're also a human that has a whole other full-time job and a life (laughs) on top of it which I think (laughs) Um, but you know you do you do provide so many people with that welcome relief you know to be able to come in and see videos of your favorite goofy or (laughs) you know just Minnie or Mickey or literally just you know the music of the park anything whatever it is that you're sharing you are bringing you know a little sliver of joy to people's day I try and (laughs) the biggest thing that I have learned and it took me some time to learn this but I have found that in the last year or so, I have gotten back to kind of my roots on Instagram of Mm. just sharing what I want to share and sharing things that are just fun and what I'm doing. I'm Mm. sharing less of like, there was a chunk of time where I felt like I had to share every single breaking Disney news piece, or I had to share tips and tricks and things like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, you know what? Go follow X person if you want tips and tricks. Go follow B person if you want every single way to do Genie Plus and virtual cues. Go follow this person if you want the breaking Disney news. Follow me if you just want to see how to go have a fun time at Disney and like follow along on my day. And I'm happy with that and I'm content with it and it works for me. And that's just where we're at. And I mean, it it comes across as very authentic. Like it, it is, it is a lovely way, you know, I think to be, to be on socials, but, you know, after the pandemic, you know, you, I feel like you've gone from strength to strength because you got invited on some seriously cool press trips. I have. And that has been another thing that's kind of picked up for me and been a little bit more exciting in the last year or so. Um, and I think that that goes off of just sharing me having fun at these things and how you can go to these events I'm not necessarily there to showcase every single food item in the foodie guide that Disney Parks blog came out with and yeah I'm there to show you how you how you can go and and have a good time at this event that's going on Yeah. yeah I have gotten to do some really cool things so yeah what you've been to a lot of is there any Disney park you haven't been to yes I have never been to Shanghai and I've never been to Hong Kong 
Yeah, that's what I thought. So you've been to Paris, California, Orlando. And Tokyo. And you've also been to Olani. And I've been to Olani. Which technically is a, is a hotel, not technically a park. But, you know, I'm going to class it as something. We'll, we'll take it. Out there I've own. never been to... And then I've never been to the two other properties, the Bureau Beach property and the Hilton mm. Head property. Mm-hmm. So said, which, out of all you? the ones you have visited, which is your favorite? So, I mean, my favorite theme park was hands down Tokyo Disney Sea. Okay. The coolest theme park that I've ever been to. Um, and Tokyo Disneyland in general was just unbelievable. I would say Disneyland Paris was the most underwhelming, but the prettiest. And I mean, I would agree with um, like you don't need to offend Europeans over here because I'm I'm one of them. <laughs> I've be, probably been to Disneyland Paris a lot, and I I agree. But I think if you've been to Walt Disney World as your first park, yeah, which I had, and then you go to Paris, you're kind of like um something's missing yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 definitely we're going back in October and I am very excited because of all the 30th anniversary yeah. stuff that's going on mm-hmm. there and when we went it just felt like everything was broken or oh shut no but like we didn't get to go on Phantom Manor we didn't get to do like half the rides we ate at their equivalent of Blue Bayou mm-hmm. um with Pirates of the Caribbean there and three minutes into our meal the lights came on on Pirates and the whole ride was broken down the whole meal and our view was someone in like a full jumpsuit like wading through the water it was just an interesting experience where like I'm very excited for round two Mm -hmm. Um, and for being able to go into it maybe with less expectations yeah Um, because I, I can go in knowing the food isn't the best like and that I'm gonna end up with McDonald's at the end of the night and that's okay Um, (laughs) I mean you know the the Disneyland Paris park I mean I I do love the Disneyland Paris park I have one of my best friends in the world work there for like eight years do you this is something I find really interesting because I've I went to the Paris I've been four times now and the first two times I did not speak French. I'm now fluent in French. And I found speaking French really made the visit better. Is that something you've, you experienced when you went? Yeah, (laughs) I would say I did. Um, We definitely had a hard time a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a harder time in Tokyo. in certain moments I will say where there was absolutely a language barrier with some cast members okay I mean they just did not speak any English and Mm -hmm. it was really cute though they would have these little laminated flip books that had like the top 20 answers oh no oh no they would like flip through really quickly and like hold it up to you Mm. to like try to answer your question and but 85% of the time it had nothing to do with oh. what you were actually <laughs> no. asking. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it for me, it's always cool to experience anything Disney in a different location. And that's just fun for me. Yeah. And not a theme park, but I think my happiest place in the world is a lot. 
money. Like I love Hawaii more than anywhere and I would move there in a heartbeat and I have just absolutely fallen in love with it. And it's a very, very magical place. So you've spoken, you know, about getting to go on these different press trips. Um, You've also started, I don't know if you've done a lot before this year, but I've seen quite a few this year of almost hotel reviews where you've been hosted to stay at different properties. What, what has that been like? Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Um, So, I mean, I have gotten a couple of really cool press opportunities this year with Disney specifically. I got to go on the media event for the Galactic Star Cruiser opening. That was a big one for me. Um, And then I've done a couple other ones recently. Um, The food and wine media event. The, what else did I do? I had one out at Disneyland. I don't know. A couple of really cool ones. Um, And they're just fun. They're a really cool opportunity and a neat way for me to really get to kind of see what what Disney wants you to see um, Mm -hmm. the event. So it's a nice way for me to get to see like, oh, these are the things that they're really trying to push this year. Mm -hmm. And I have been focusing very, very, very heavily on all of these events, um, on trying to showcase their mocktails and zero proof cocktails because Mm -hmm. I don't drink. Uh, I am four years sober and I just think that it's an area that not many other people in the Disney space are really touching on. And um, that's been a really cool thing for me. So cool way to kind of talk about my own journey and a cool way to really help other people out because I don't think I ever realized how many other people out there don't drink whether it's because they are sober or they are um, related to somebody who's sober or they are pregnant or they just don't like alcohol or they're focusing on a healthier lifestyle or all these different reasons um or they're not 21 that happens too um yeah, yeah I, I don't really drink either you know like me I had a glass of champagne on my wedding day that that was pretty much all I've drank <laughs> this entire year but how important is it to you that you know, Disney specifically, you know, it's definitely, you know, I think Magic Kingdom, are you allowed to drink alcohol in Magic Kingdom? There's, there was like a rule about it or something. There's like a couple sit down locations where you can, um, I think be our guest and maybe Tony is now, mm. but um, other than that, no, that uh, Magic Kingdom, you're like, I'm not showcasing mocktails at Magic Kingdom. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a diet cooker and iced coffee in my hand. Or realistically, like, water all day yeah long. hydrate um, in that yeah. florida sun you know the hydration is definitely important but Epcot, you know, where like everyone's trying to drink around the world mm-hmm. that was the kind of impetus for me around wanting to dive a little bit deeper into it and it was something that that's where it all started for me um with wanting to showcase it was i had this idea about a year and a half ago or so, I wanted to come up with a guide of how to drink around the world for those who aren't drinking. And I found it to be nearly impossible because they offer very, very, very few mocktail or non-alcoholic options at Epcot. Um, So I have now actually had the opportunity. I've been on three Zoom calls with the food and beverage team of Disney Parks. Amazing. 
I've gotten to kind of voice my opinion. Um, and I've also, it's been cool to see through the festivals how they've kind of actually improved upon it already. And they have made it clear to me that it is a goal and something that they are working on in more of the non-festival locations. So how fantastic is that though, that something that you started just as like a fun little way for you to share your Disney memories has grown into something where you're actually having an impact in the yeah. parks themselves. Pretty cool. It's yeah. Pretty neat feeling. So which I, one, which mocktail has been your favorite that you've tried at Disney so far? At Disney, I would say my favorite one was hands down the one that I had at La Cava del Tequila in mm-hmm. Epcot, which is mm-hmm. so weirdly ironic that my favorite mocktail was at the Tequila Bar. Um, <laughs> and I'm pulling up the name of it real quick because I think it was, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, okay. It was called the Mentirosa. And it was made with like an Italian orange, non-alcoholic spirit. It had cucumber lime juice, agave nectar, and then this hibiscus salt rim. Wow. Phenomenal. Do you know what la mentirosa means? The liar, I believe. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect name for a mocktail. (laughs) It It really is because it's like, there's no alcohol in here. Yeah, exactly. Disney's so clever. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yes, they do. So that was a that was a really good one. And other, you know, aside from the the hotels, the press trips, et cetera, something that you do for yourself that you share a lot of is run Disney. Not just run Disney, but you mentioned, you know, your your running challenge at the beach house and stuff. <laughs> and I think that's something else that that you share that's definitely a part of you, because I'm a, a firm believer in not putting people in boxes. You know, you might be Michael does Disney or Michael does Diz now, but you're so much more than just Disney you know, running is, you know, a big part of, of your life and of your journey. So what, what are the run Disney events like? The best things in the entire world. Um, I love run Disney more than I love a lot of other things. I am very passionate about it. I didn't start with run Disney until January of 2019. So it hasn't been that, that long that I've been doing run Disney, but um, I, and it really has, it wasn't much before that, that I actually started running kind of went hand in hand with my sobriety. I found that running was a really, really great outlet for me of mm. a way to just like leave the day behind and go for a run and just kind of de-stress and rock out to my music and enjoy life and feel good about it. Um, and then when I found out that there was this thing that combined two of my favorite things, running and Disney, like that was the coolest thing in the world for me. And the events are so much fun. Um, there are four different weekends throughout the year. It, the, the season starts in November with Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend. Then it goes in January to Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. Then in February is Princess Half Marathon Weekend. And now in April, they do the Springtime Surprise Weekend, which the themes actually dropped for it today. And I'm so overwhelmingly excited because it's Pixar. Um, Ooh, okay. So they're all just fun weekends and Disney does such a good job of the theming and like bringing out really cool characters for them. And it's just a way to get out there, see the parks and see Disney in an entirely different lens. I mean, it's beyond cool. 
to run down Main Street at five in the morning before the park opens to have like thousands of people cheering you on with signs and cowbells and stuff. It's just magical. And like, no one's there taking themselves too seriously. Like I've, yeah. been to, I've done other races, not at Disney. And they're never as fun because like everyone's all uptight and like wanting to just get their best time and everything, which mm. obviously is fine and cool. But in Disney, you're like, okay, I'm going to pull off now and stop for this cool character. Like, oh my God, look, Darkwing Duck's over there and Jiminy Cricket's up ahead. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a lot of fun. So, I mean, I had never had run Disney kind of on my radar, but since you kind of brought it to people's attention by sharing it, it's definitely now a bucket list thing for me. I'm like, I need to get on the next Disneyland Paris one whenever, whenever uh, that is for sure. Whenever they bring it back, I need to get back on it. Yeah. I want to do the castle to chateau challenge um which means you've done a disney world race and a disneyland paris race within the year and then you get Mm. a Ah. Um, and yeah i'm running my third like i never in my life thought that i would run a marathon and now i'm registered for my third marathon which is but didn't you do you did the was it the dopey challenge or something which is an insane amount of running tell everyone how much running that is it's 48.6 miles. It's over the course of four days. So it's on a Thursday, it's the 5K. Friday, it's the 10K. Saturday, it's a half marathon. And then Sunday, it's the marathon. So it's a very, very, very exhausting challenge. And I will be doing it again this upcoming January. Um, I told myself I wouldn't. I told myself that it was going to be a one and done. And then registration day came and I, whoops click that button to do it again um (laughs) but like you said you know even though it's a lot of strenuous work and I'm sure it also takes a lot of training you know you get to do it at Disney and you get to make a lot of incredible memories along the way it was the best experience of my life and like I really can't wait to do it again yeah well we can't wait to watch you we cannot wait to watch you succeed and follow your little journey with you and with Matthew with Munchie and with everyone and yeah yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, the hardest part of Dopey at all, honestly, is waking up at 2 a.m. for morning oh. dinner. That's the hardest part. You yeah. can wake up and can run it. Yeah, yeah, the running at that time in the morning must suck. Yeah, a lot of iced coffee to get me through. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Michael, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come oh, and cool. chat to me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And if anyone wants to find you, where can they do that? Over on Instagram, Michael Does Diz. And if you're into mocktails, you can also follow Michael Does Mocktails. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, then please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Sharing on social media is always a bonus. And I will catch you guys next week.